0: Welcome to The Wonder, exploring perspectives, rituals, and observances of modern naturalistic earth-revering pagan religious paths. Here are your hosts, Yucca and Mark. Welcome back to The Wonder, Science-Based Paganism. I'm your host, Yucca. And I'm Mark. And today we're talking about rituals and the ritual toolbox. Right. Yeah. Yeah there's a lot of different tools that we can use to help us in ritual. But before that, we wanted to talk about what ritual actually is. It's something we talk about a lot on this podcast, but it's so central that it's really important to come back to. So what it is, what's the goal, and then these things that can help us in that process.
1: Right. Yeah, because one of the things that is different about paganism, and this is true of science-based paganism as well, is that instead of kind of just going to a church or a temple or a mosque or something like that and listening to somebody else do the ritual mostly as a passive as a passive observer except when you sing a hymn once in a while or something like Mm -hmm.
0: that or you go up for communion or something right yeah
1: pagans create their own rituals and they engage everybody that's involved in the ritual in the activities of that ritual and so we need to have our own ritual toolbox set up so that we have the skill sets necessary to be able to do effective ritual with ourselves and then also with groups of people
0: right yeah because we're the ones doing it it's not being done to us so yes. yeah and so these tools they're like any tool there's something that you get good at when you practice it right in the first time it's so the first time you try and hammer that nail in it it's harder than it looks, right? <laughs> so that can be the same with some of these.
1: Yeah, for sure. And of course, when we talk about ritual, what we're talking about as a, as a goal is to reach what I call the ritual state, which is also often called trance. Mm-hmm. It's it's a state of, of the mind that is dominated by the limbic system. So it tends to be very emotionally open and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And also very much in the present moment. So not thinking about what's going to happen next, not worrying about what happened last week, very focused in the present. Right. And that trance state is very powerful because it's a state that once we get into it, it's sort of like the admin condition for a computer.
0: Mm-hmm. You can yeah. start
1: changing things in your, in your consciousness and changing stories that you tell yourself and memories that you have, you can you can tinker with that stuff when you're in the trance state.
0: Yeah. It's like you've gotten past all of those walls that are built and all of the filters that you have and, and just kind of gotten back to that more raw place. Right. Right. Which is
1: a two-edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. Because on the one hand, it's very powerful and we can have very, very powerful spiritual and emotional experiences by doing this. But it also means that if something goes wrong, it can really wound someone deeply.
0: Mm -hmm. So we want to
1: be very careful when we do our rituals that we create very safe space and that we have good ritual etiquette, which we'll be talking about later. Right. And really pay attention to the well-being of everyone
0: that's in the circle. Exactly. Yeah. Including oneself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So why don't we start in understanding that these are tools to help us to get into and to stay into trance and go to our first one, which is? Well, chants. Chanting. Yeah. Chanting is something that people have been doing for at least tens of thousands of years, if not hundreds of thousands of years. And it's you, it's all over the world. You find people who sing for religious reasons. And typically those songs have certain characteristics. They tend to be repetitive. Mm -hmm. They're repeated over and over and over. Because what happens in a trance is that once you've got that that little song kind of myelinated into your brain, you can sing it automatically without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And so you're able to keep in the trance state while you're making this chanting. Yeah. Yeah. There are some chants that are very famous in the pagan community and are used a lot. Like, we are a circle, and um, we all come from the goddess. Those are a couple real favorites. My body. Earth, my body, water, my blood. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's probably 10 or so that get used a great deal, and which I personally, after 32 years of paganism, <laughs> really use a break from.
0: I mean, there's some great ones in there, but yeah. There but are. There are the same ones over and over again. If we could get more chant writers out there, then that would be appreciated. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk
1: a little bit about what makes a good chant.
0: Yeah. Now, before we do, I wanted to mention, I I was watching my five-year-old this morning who was working, was doing some art and doing clay, and they were in the zone, and they were they just started doing, right? They just were t- like hyping themselves up about like the what they were doing and repeating it over and over and over again and just super, super focused. And I think that that was like a natural slip into what we're talking about doing. Something that we can do as humans that right. is very natural, but we are choosing in our rituals to cultivate that and to use that thing that we do just instinctually.
1: Right, right. That's really interesting. Yeah, because one of the things that we can see in crafting ritual behavior is that a lot of it ends up looking kind of childlike in a way. We do things that children kind of do naturally, but we sort of get them worn out of ourselves as we get older. Mm -hmm. The culture discourages us from doing those things
0: because they're childish or they're embarrassing or whatever it is but remember that what children do is instinctual yes they're doing it's programmed into us and the the what we do as children is play and practice the things that we're going to need as adults and so even though we we train ourselves out of doing it with our how many ever years of sitting at desks and doing all of that but that's but you see that it's not just that children all over the world do it. That's right. Right. We we're doing it everywhere. And so there's something to it. If all children do something like this, that says something about humans. Yes. Yes.
1: And so when it comes to chanting, there are multiple elements that make for a good chant. And so I'd like to yeah, kind of run down a few things that can really help to make a good chant. And then I'll sing an example of one that I wrote a few years ago. The most important thing about a, a ritual chant is for it to be simple and repetitive. Mm-hmm. So maybe four lines, six lines, tops, Yeah, maybe, maybe with a word switched out in every iteration. So you couldn't you can imagine, like if if you work with the Greek classical elements, maybe you have one verse that's air and another that's fire and another that's water and another that's earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, you want those those verses all to be the same for a couple of reasons. The first is that repetitiveness really encourages the trance state. Right. When we when we hear repeated, like techno music, for example, electronic dance music. Mm-hmm is really good at putting people into trances because it's got that very, very repetitive rhythm going, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not a big surprise when you start thinking about ritual technologies, when you look at what a dance club is like, well, it's dim lighting with (laughs) flickering light, just Mm -hmm. like the campfire,
0: right? And, you know- different colored lights too. Yes. Different than our normal everyday lights. Right, right. And some
1: intoxicants to kind of lubricate the way. Mm-hmm. And then this, this loud pounding, incredibly you feel
0: it in your rapid, body. Re-
1: yeah, repetitive music.
0: And it makes mm-hmm. you go. And, and maybe that, some incense in the in the form of cigarette smoke. Yes. You know, strong <laughs>
1: sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you want it to be repetitive. You want you want it to repeat itself and to be easy to learn. I I once went to a ritual. It was one of the worst rituals I've ever been to. And the reason it was so bad was because the person that designed it wanted to use every bell and whistle that she had ever heard of in ritual technology. Mm -hmm. And it went on all night. And it was just every chant had like diminished chords in it. And it was you couldn't learn them Mm -hmm. and people couldn't hear one another across the fire from one another, everything went wrong. Anyway, so you don't wanna do that. You want something that's simple and easy to learn so that people can pick it up on the second or third time through.
0: Right, and remembering that people have different relationships to music. For some people, picking up the, the words is really easy. For other people, it's, it's a struggle, right? So you right. wanna make it as accessible as possible to the people in your group. Right,
1: for sure. So, you want it to be repetitive and simple and easily learned. hopefully, it's something that can be harmonized with easily. because people who like to harmonize really like to harmonize. <laughs> and when they do it, it makes for a more beautiful sound that contributes to our going into trance. Mm-hmm. so that's that's just a helpful piece. don't don't do things around eleventh chords. That's just not that's not a thing. so, and then, then finally come the words, the poetry, right? Right. And they can rhyme, but they don't have to rhyme. Mm-hmm. What's most important is the, the cognitive meaning yeah. of those words. Because remember, this is a religious activity. The, the meaning that we put into the song that we're singing in the circle is something that we want to resonate deeply with our personal values. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So that's really important. So with all of that said, I'll sing this chant now. It's called, We Believe in a Better World. It's a non-theist, science-based paganism (laughs) chant, and I hope you enjoy it. It goes like this. We believe in a better world. We believe in justice we believe in a better world we believe in peace we believe in a better world we can heal our planet we won't bow down that's a chant that you can do you can harmonize to it you can sing it around it's got words that are meaningful and impactful it's the the kind of thing that you can do and creating your own chance is a very powerful practice
0: yeah and that had some nice like stretching out too because there's different kinds of chants right so you might have a like a done 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 chant where i don't have the the music vocabulary to talk about that but that's very more like a drum beat and then there was what you were doing which is more of a like there's more song to it there's more flow there's stretching out people could I could as you were singing it I could hear some of the higher pitched voices coming in and doing those notes at the same time so there's different styles of chants Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's going to be dependent upon what you're trying to do in the ritual There
1: is a woman named Abby Spinner that I'm sure some of our listeners have heard of, who is very active in the Vegas Vortex pagan community in Las. And she has a number of chant albums out. She's published, and these are all her chants. She's done tons of them. She's got a disc that's actually nominated for a pagan music award this year. So we wish her good luck with that. But Abby's stuff is really good. I Mm. I would encourage people to get some of those discs and we'll put the, we'll put a link in the, in the
0: show notes notes. Yeah.
1: But I would encourage people to grab a couple of those discs and listen to them because she really is a master at creating those, those wonderful chants. Mm. Yeah. So that's chanting and singing Mm -hmm. and people have used song to create trance states, For as I said, thousands and thousands of years. When you think about Gregorian chants, for example, those are very trancey. You sit and listen to those in one of those gothic cathedrals and you (laughs) go far away very quickly.
0: Yeah. Well, and and one of the things about trance is, and when you were talking about the techno music, it reminded me of this too, where when you've been in a trance state using that chant before. The chant can immediately take you back. It can be like that touchstone or that key that just transports you right into that state very quickly. That's a really good point. Yeah.
1: That's a really good point because what can happen is these experiences can anchor in your mind. And so they become sort of trigger switches. Mm -hmm. You hear that particular song and it's like, oh, yes, just like when I was around that fire in 2012. And these wonderful things happened and mm-hmm. you just go right back into that state. right. So that's chanting. And the next tool that we wanted to talk about, the next tool in the box was public speaking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now we have to start by acknowledging that there is a, there's an issue here when you poll people, at least in the United States, And ask them what the thing is that they are most afraid of. It is not death. It is public speaking. Yes. That said, if you're going to be a significant participant in a group ritual or lead a group ritual in a kind of clerical capacity as the priest or priestess or priestess of of the circle, you're going to need to become reasonably comfortable with talking in front of people. Mm Mm-hmm. And not just reading something in front of people, but actually talking improvisationally in front of other people.
0: Right. And
1: the only way to do that is to practice it.
0: Yeah. Now, there are certainly things that you can do to, to try and make that a little bit smoother for you. And it's this is going to be personal experience. But for some people, just jumping right into it, just like, don't have time to think about it. I just have to do it. Is helpful but for someone else maybe if you know that that's going to be part of it and you want to relax doing the chant starting with chanting starting with some of the breathing getting yourself into a different state that isn't all worked up about the speaking and then moving into that so d- the design the shape of the ritual you can create it in a way to support you in the things that are uncomfortable
1: yes that's very well said and you can also bring along an index card, some small piece of paper with points on it mm-hmm. that you can refer to because the thing that people are most afraid of when it comes to public speaking is they're afraid that they're suddenly going to go blank and there's and, and there's the audience waiting for them to say something and they're just standing there with their mouth hanging open. You can prevent that by having an outline with you.
0: Yeah, well, and, and here's a... a kind of cheat that you can do is on your forearm if you have you can actually write on your forearm don't write the whole speech but maybe write some symbols that gives you the order of what you want to do and then you've put your hand up and you have a reason to have your hand up as you're doing the the speech with your handout or whatever it is and you can be looking at it and not feel awkward that you're pulling up your little note card that's great so yeah I just love that. that's great <laughs> so you can do your ritual to prepare for your ritual. Right. <laughs> yeah. And we're chuckling but this is this is real, right? This is this is yeah. at least for me. I mean, I speak for a living, but I I have a hard time with it, right? I got to work myself up to be able to do it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So Yeah, I mean, we're we're going to the Sun Tree retreat in May and it looks
1: like there are going to be at least 60 people there. And I'm starting to think about, wow, well, we're going to do these rituals. <laughs> 60 people. Wow, that's a lot of people. And we want to get them involved and we want them to feel included and we want them to feel participatory. There's there's all this stuff that's so important in a group, but being an effective public speaker is actually one of them. And to be honest, it's such a powerful tool. It's really worth investing in some some effort for yourself in order to become comfortable in front of an audience. Yeah. There are groups like Toastmasters and so forth where people, what they do is they, they learn how to give speeches together. That's mm-hmm. what they do. Yeah. And it's, it's well worth it. There's, there's no career you can be in. Maybe, maybe a logger. <laughs> <laughs> there's there are few, there are few, few. Yeah, few careers you, you can be in that, um, that wouldn't be benefited by your being able to be a very effective communicator.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So public speaking is is often in a sort of poetry verse sort of style in rituals. Mm-hmm. But it can also be, it can also just be speaking in regular sentences. The, the key point is make your speech alive. Mm-hmm. Don't speak in a monotone. Bring bring the feelings in the words into the circle with you. Yeah. So our next
0: was rhythm. Should... Rhythm? Yeah. Okay. Right, so our rhythm drumming or rattling rattles or whatever it is in in your particular ritual or or style. But it, this, is, this is connecting again with the, with the chanting and the speaking and it's like there's the meanings behind it, but there's also we're creating these patterns that are repeating over and over and that are just helping to move us deeper and deeper and keep us in that trance state because it's easy for something to happen that the dog over there starts barking and you get startled or someone comes or goes or so keeping us in that state is, is really important. Right. Right.
1: And rhythm is probably the oldest technique that we have for that kind of maintenance and, and induction of trance. The oldest musical instruments that we have are Neanderthal flutes made out of bone, Mm -hmm. But my bet is that the oldest actual musical instruments were hollow logs and rocks that made a good resonant sound that, you know, that early humans could hit with a stick or with their hands or with another rock and make a sound.
0: Well, and there are caves where there's the, I don't know whether they were stalactites or mites, but they go all the way from the ceiling to the floor of the cave that were painted on and worn away where it was clear that what they were doing with it was using it as drums, because uh-huh. when you hit in that same spot, you get different notes. And so, so our ancestors were using these cave formations to create these incredible sounds that, oh, just imagine being in that with the firelight and the, the drumming on the, the cave itself is vibrating.
1: Yeah, wow. Oh, I would love to experience that. That sounds so cool. (laughs) Um, So this is one of those where it's great to have a good sense of rhythm to start with, but the only thing that will get you there is to practice. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to become a phenomenal drummer because the thing that will really put people into trance is a steady drum. Right. It doesn't have to be really fancy. I mean, Great Middle Eastern or African drumming is 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 extraordinary, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful to listen to, and I I love it, but just a simple boom, 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 boom will take you down that hole into trance.
0: Right, and when when designing a ritual that's going to have other people doing drumming or rhythm in it, it's important to to have it so that people who don't have great rhythm can drum as well. So just having them be able to do the heartbeat or whatever it is, have a spot that they don't have to feel uncomfortable because they, they aren't great at the rhythm part. Right. Just let them be able to, to do that that base that is still going to, just like you're saying, Mark, is going to really work without having to get fancy. And if someone wants to be fancy on top of that, great, right? But allowing it to be accessible to everybody.
1: Yeah, that's really important. And it's important not only because there needs to be a place for everyone in the circle, but also because that's how you start. Yeah. I mean, it. it is. Drumming is one of those things where you don't just pick up a drum and be a genius at it mm-hmm. because it's all around muscle memory. Right. Yeah. And so you, you have to develop the muscle memory for the patterns that you are drumming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's also right. really addictive. Once you start it, you <laughs> will spend a lot of time drumming Yeah, because um, it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah.
0: Well, and back to what you were saying, though, about practicing, just like we were saying at the beginning, these really are tools, and you aren't good at any tool the first time you use it, or at least something of its style You've got to, once, if, you, if you've gotten really good at drums, then maybe some of the rattles might be easy to transition to because they're so similar, but, but you've got to build that skill to begin with.
1: Right. And when we say rattles and so forth, that includes things like bells, mm-hmm. gongs, right. uh, steel triangles, cowbell. there's so many different things that you can make a wonderful rhythmic sound with. And rattles are great because they're really easy. They're cheap. They they travel well because they're small,
0: and they and can be made can, from you know, so many different things too. You can grow different gourds in your garden and make them, and it can be re- they can be really personal.
1: Right, right. I have, I have a ritual rattle that has probably been around a fire, ten thousand times maybe. Um, going around and around and around and shaking that rattle, and it means a lot to me. It's all beat up now, but it's uh, it's nice. <laughs> It's my extra precious rattle.
0: Yeah. Nemea
1: gave it to me at at our first fire dance festival. It was yeah. So, rattling is a great alternative if you don't feel comfortable picking up a drum. Just just that sort of that a rattle can make as you go around the circle does a couple of things. The first one is it means you're plugged into the overall process. mm Mhm. So you're not outside, you're not extraneous, you're not a, a a spectator, you're helping to create this experience and that is so important for in a pagan circle for everybody to feel like they are a, a co-creator. Yeah. Of what's happening within the circle. The second thing is that stuff is trancy as hell. Oh, it is. I mean, <laughs> especially if you shake it next to your ears. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. It
0: will really send you places. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's that white noise. It's that, that's, we, you can buy like machines for colicky babies that make that noise, right? (laughs) For when you get so exhausted that you just can't, you can't keep doing it with your mouth, right? Uh So, but it's the same thing. And some, some people say it's because it sounds like the, what it might've sounded like in the womb, right? Listening Uh to the. your mother's blood from the inside as listening to her arteries and veins and all of that right but but it's very much like the ocean like the wind it's it's wonderful
1: yeah so if you don't have one already at least one i highly recommend picking up a rattle or two Mm -hmm. even if you're not going to plunge and and do a drum if you are going to do a drum do a hand drum a smaller drum like a or a frame drum to start, yeah, uh, to start with, because you can do wonderful things with those drums. They don't cost as much and they're easy to transport. Yeah. But at the very least, get yourself a, a rattle or two or a few of those percussive instruments and play or, around with them. You or make them it. too, right? That if that's, that's something you, you want, want
0: to work on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I s- have, I have one that's made out of bullwit kelp. Kelp. There's a, a kind of kelp that it's kind of a long and hollow and it's got sort of a bulb on the end
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: I put sand in it from the beach Mm -hmm. and then cork to the end. And it makes this very, very soft cirsuration, kind of like the
0: tide. It's really beautiful. Oh, that's wonderful. And it's from the beach itself.
1: It's from the beach. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So rhythm in, we're talking about rhythm with rattles and drums, but there's also our bodies. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And so the dance element is another wonderful one. Very much so. And this is one
1: that can really scare people because it's vulnerable to jump out there and dance, right? Mm -hmm. But when the drums are going and the rattles are going and and the fire is flickering and all that kind of stuff, it is the thing to do. And the good news is generally you don't have to be the person to start it. Mm -hmm. But if you are the person who's leading the ritual, you may be the person to start it. That's okay. The main thing is just feel the beat, make a sort of motion of some kind. It doesn't have to be professional grade. And then lead others into the circle so that they can dance as well.
0: Yeah. And just, you can start by finding that beat, the simple beat that's underneath all of it that we were talking about, and just move whatever part of your body you're comfortable moving right Mm -hmm. that could be just swaying your shoulders back and forth or your hips or whatever it is that where you're comfortable starting right and then once you're there the rest of your body can start following and just however whatever feels right for the ritual that you're doing because it's going to be different depending on what ritual you're in yes yes
1: and I, I should also say at this point that some of the most beautiful dancing I've seen in circle has been by people who are in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. So you can still dance even if parts of your body don't work. Yeah. You can, you can still participate in that way. Right. And it's important when we create our ritual spaces, if we know that there are going to be people that have those needs, that we create a space in the circle for
0: them to be right. so that
1: they're included.
0: Yeah. Or someone who on that note, that often these many of these circles will be standing for a long period of time. That might not be feasible for everybody, right? There right. it might be important to have a chair for whichever member it is who's gonna or the you you never know, or you might, right? If it's your small personal circle that you meet with constantly, but if it's a larger group. You really don't know what, what is going on with other people's bodies and, and energy and all of that. So it's right. it's nice to think about that as, as providing that opportunity of maybe we can have a situation where there's chairs or sitting or things like that.
1: Right. It's, it's a way we can be inclusive, and that's important. Similarly with people who are sight impaired, find someone that can lead them into the circle and bring them around the mm-hmm. fire, making sure that they stay safe. Yeah. Because they can still participate. They just need a little help. Yeah. So in, in the case of movement, I mean, I've seen people do wild, dramatic, ecstatic sort of dancing. And I've seen people do very sort of methodical foot, one foot after another to the bass beat, mm-hmm. kind of marching around the circle in a very determined sort of way, way blissed out on trance. Mm-hmm. um singing to themselves or humming to themselves or playing those rattles or whatever and all of that is great it, it depends on
0: what works for you and what you feel comfortable doing mm-hmm. and again what the ritual needs because so like you were telling the story earlier of being at a ritual that was trying to do all of it yes with every possible tool and not every tool is going to be a fit for every ritual
1: Right. Well, in this case, it was just that she had loaded too much stuff on. She had all these various herbal potions that we were supposed to be passing around as teas Mm -hmm. while we were doing this very complicated geometric thing in the circle. And it was just, it was just too much. Mm -hmm. I think there were probably about six good
0: rituals in there. If she had pulled the whole thing apart. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so now the ones that we've been talking about, these are pretty, these are pretty core things. But just still think about what what the ritual that you're in is, and we've been talking about this from a group perspective. Right. But these tools apply whether you're looking at a group or an individual or a couple doing a a ritual. Any they can be scaled.
1: Right. Yeah. But when you're doing a rite of passage, you can pick one of these tools and assign it to the person that's going through the rite. By- went to a ritual once where a young man who was becoming an adult had to keep a heartbeat going all night. And so that was his responsibility. It was to keep the the rhythm going in the circle. So taking on responsibility was a clear relationship to the rite of passage that he was going through. And it was, it was a good thing to assign him to do.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: If you don't feel like you're the most confident public speaker Find someone who is and have them do the greeting, and then you can coordinate from there. Leverage people's skills, their strengths.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I am, I'm not a big movement person. I grew up twitching from over, over medication for ADHD, and I'm kind of an awkward person that way. Also, my sense of balance is terrible. Hmm. So I have this problem with falling over, but still You're pretty
0: good with words, though.
1: Yes. Got the so. words down. I'm, I'm good with <laughs> words. So, but still, I will find something that I can do in that circle that will feel as though I'm a part of it and I'm moving and I'm, I'm going into it. And the longer that goes, the less inhibited I feel about it and the easier it is for me to do it. So yeah, that's kind of how it works. Right. So let's talk about the application of these tools in a, in a solo setting.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So the, the chanting, the rhythm, these things, whatever it is, that's going to get you into that state. And if you are a verbal person, maybe the spoken word component, Mm -hmm. not everyone is going to, in my personal Private rituals. I don't use words, but I'll use dance and rhythm and and all of that. But but words, is, my brain, my brain's not thinking words when I'm in a, in that state. Some people's brains are though. So if that works for you, it can be really powerful.
1: What I find is that the the composed sentences and um, paragraphs brain doesn't work well in ritual at all, but the poetry brain works really well in ritual.
0: Mm. It's,
1: it's a different, it's a different thing. It's a different way of accessing words Mm -hmm. and using them. And that can be very trans inducing. Yeah. So, so chant, when you're working by yourself, chanting can be as little as humming. Mm -hmm. It can just be humming a melody that you, find soothing or calming or motivating or that reminds you of a good time in your life whatever whatever the need is
0: right or Um, something very short just a few a few words you have this example would be i think i can maybe if that is what what you're working with but that's an example of of a chant that can be used right right
1: yeah so and so that kind of blends the musical into the spoken word both of those mm-hmm. you can use as much or as little as you like In the case of rhythm I find personally that my my own rituals really benefit from playing some recorded music that has a good trancy rhythm to it I light candles turn off all the lights not in that order, put on the music, light some incense, and then I start being in the temple of myself, right? Mm -hmm. I I start, I feel myself kind of sink down into this comfortable, juicy place full of potential Mm -hmm. where where, where everything's possible or nearly everything is possible. So what I've done is I've collected music that, that works for me that way. I I still do it through CDs because I've got a CD changer in my room and I just use it that
0: way, but... Well, you don't need to worry about if the the internet's down or anything like that and whether you lost access to your account or...
1: Yeah, I don't recommend cloud playlists because there is so much that can go wrong and it's really disturbing when something gets cut off in the middle.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Or if an ad comes on. Oh, God. You're right in the middle of
0: it. Yeah. No,
1: no, no, no. So, but MP3s are fine. Load those up on a stick and play them through your computer or through a stereo system, whatever, through a Bluetooth speaker.
0: If you are doing it with your computer or your phone, you might want to put Do Not Disturb on before you start so that you aren't in the middle getting the little email or bings. Yeah.
1: That's a very good point.
0: Because that. At least for me, that takes me right out of the state. Yeah,
1: who's calling me, and how can it be that important?
0: Mm-hmm. Or who who liked my post, or whatever it is, right. right? It's an immediate. <laughs> it, this it, the sound is there to get your attention. Whatever it is, it's right. there for your attention. That's right. That's yeah. And of course, there's all of the stuff that we've we've talked about many times before about creating a, a physically safe environment so that you can be in an emotionally safe place for this work that you're going to be doing, because you, you do, you are entering into it, a, a more vulnerable, raw state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And all the the other various techniques that we've talked about in other episodes, the, the breath work, for example, the various kinds of ways of calming and soothing ourselves and kind of opening ourselves based with, based on, deep breathing holding for a few seconds and then releasing slowly letting yourself sink to the earth and be present in the moment that you're in those are very important techniques for the beginning of rituals and you can use them either in
0: groups or you can use them by yourself Mm -hmm. and coming back to that idea of practice using them by yourself is a way of practicing a little bit for the the group ritual right Dynamics are always going to be different in groups, but the the movements themselves can be familiar and practiced if you've been doing it on your own. Right, right.
1: Yeah. And what will happen over time, I promise, is that you will get more comfortable with these things. They'll they'll be they'll come more readily to hand. When Mm -hmm. you need them, because sometimes at first it feels really awkward. I think we talked, was it last episode or the episode before about in the West, we just aren't equipped with ritual tools and the mind doesn't come with a with a maintenance manual. (laughs) So we kind of have to figure this out on our own. But these tools really can help you work with your mind. They can help you improve your mental health. They can help you. They can undermine depression and anxiety and help you to feel greater self-esteem. They can help you to transform feelings of shame from past events. There, There's a lot that can be done in the ritual space. And really what we're here for um, is to advocate that you take on those tools, learn those skills, because it, it'll help you to be a more effective person, both on your own sake, for your own sake, and for the sake of others.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Because I know it hasn't happened very often, but I've had people come to me in my life where they're like, I'm really stuck in this thing and I'm feeling this and it sucks. And can you help me? And my answer has been, well, are you willing to do a ritual with me? Mm-hmm. And in the case of people who are saying, well, I'm at my wit's end, I'll try anything. Um, I've had some very powerful experiences where mm-hmm. things have transformed. They've shifted for them. And I've heard back from them six months later and things had still shifted for them and wonderful things that happened in their life and they were off into a new chapter. Yeah. So it's a it's a good it's a good set of tools to have that toolbox. Yep. And, and it's it honestly it's our birthright. This is these are all things that we do because our brains are built that way.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And we don't need someone else to do it to us It's something that we can that we can do not to say that there aren't times in our life when we don't need help because there certainly are times and there are people who who can help in in many ways but there's a lot that we can also do right right and that's 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 a wonderful place to and thing to recognize so
1: well thank you Yucca. this has been wonderful
0: yeah thank you
1: Really enjoyed talking with you today. Next week, we're going to talk about the spring equinox, Ostara, or High Spring, or whatever that is.
0: We're we're there already. (laughs) Yep, we we
1: are. We should mention, we just passed the two-year anniversary of the podcast.
0: Yeah.
1: On the 2nd of March. So we really thank all of our listeners. We are We wouldn't be here without you. And we really appreciate that you take the time to listen to our stuff and hope that you really get a lot out of it. So thank you.
0: Yeah, Thank you, everyone.
1: All right. We'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.